Otherwise, and anybody that wants to learn more about the LGBT plus community, my name is Zanardi, and I'm so glad all your beautiful faces are here. Welcome back to episode 11 of the Alphabet Mafia podcast. I want to start off by thanking all of you for listening. You are all so amazing. If you could please take the next 30 to 60 seconds to leave a review on whichever platform you're listening to, that way it just gives people context as to why they should be listening to it and what kind of value they get from the podcast. So today's guest is named Nathan. Nathan is from Hispanic descent and was brought up in the Roman Catholic Church. A lot of the conversation with Nathan has to deal around shame and what to do when you are feeling shame about yourself and about your identity, how to navigate that. Nathan, believe it or not, actually came out and then uncame out, I guess, went back into the closet and actually kind of dated some girls and said he was straight and then had to come out again. So shame was something Nathan dealt with for a long part of his life, and even still continues today. And so honestly, I got value out of this conversation as well. There were parts of it where I was like, wow, this is something I need to work on myself. So I think there's a lot of benefits in it for you uh, in this next episode. And so without further ado, here's Nathan. Nathan, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you for coming on. Yeah. So tell me just a little bit about your, your life. You know, what do you do? Where are you from? Things like that. Yeah, so I was born and raised in Escondido, Mm -hmm. and I got into marketing for a nonprofit. So I worked for the Escondido Creek Conservancy, and it's been really incredible just to help protect open spaces Mm -hmm. and wildlife conservation. Um, But more recently, I've been um, getting into life coaching. So I've been taking on uh, clients, LGBTQ youth and adults, you know, who are retired Mm -hmm. or religious leaders, can't come out of the closet. So that's been a really fun journey for myself, but also just to be able to facilitate that journey for other people. Yeah. And um, and I also do a gay men's meetup group um, once a month, which has been incredible. Mm-hmm. So, awesome. And yeah. do you, with, with the men's meetup group, do you see, what's the general demographic of that? Do you find more younger people or are there a lot of older people in the community seeking connection? You know, I think typically with the meetup groups around San Diego County, you find a lot of older uh, demographic, um, mm-hmm. but this one has been interesting because I've been getting a lot of young people because mm. um, I have been advertising on like Grinder and Instagram yeah, and things yeah. like that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I would say you know between 20 to 40 has been the demographic. Okay, cool. And what in what inspired you to get into life coaching in these kind of groups? You know, I think for me it was realizing how lucky I've been mm-hmm. to have the life that I have mm-hmm. and to develop the confidence that I have as a gay Hispanic man in Southern yeah. California. And and I just look out into the world and see all these people struggling with shame and you know, especially in the South, you know, mm-hmm. where it's not as accepted in the Midwest. Um, so I just wanted to reach out and help people and figure out how I could do that to the best of my ability. Nice. That's awesome. So so you mentioned that you've been pretty lucky uh, with your experience of being a gay man. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, no, I'm not saying it wasn't hard. <laughs> sure, sure. No, no, absolutely. Yeah. We, uh, yeah. Definitely recognizing some of our, our privileges is definitely something that is um, beneficial, I guess. And of course, no one's experience is without struggle. Yeah. <laughs> We've all had our struggles. Uh, let's talk about that. Your initial, I guess, beginning to understand that you were different. Um, when did that start, and how did how did you walk me through that process? Yeah, no, I, it started at a really young age, mm-hmm. and 
you know, looking back, um, the first moment that I experienced shame around who I was mm. was in the Catholic Church, mm-hmm. and we do this thing called confession. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember if I was kindergarten or first grade, but you have to go into the priest's little booth and yeah. you have to tell them all the horrible things <laughs> you did. I was like, I hit my brother, <laughs> and then also um, me and my guy friends, you know, took our pants off together and looked at each other's <laughs> private parts, and. Um, he, you know, we get penance or whatever. You have to pray a bunch of times to mm-hmm. make up for all the things you did. So I remember we're all doing it, all the kids in the class. We go one by one. And I had to go in front of the altar and do like 10 Hail Marys and 15 Our Fathers. But I was realizing I was up there way longer than any of the other kids. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my God, like why, why am I still up here? They're just coming up for a second and going back. So I was like, I must be really, really bad. <laughs> um, so I mean, that was that was the start of it. Right. And I think growing up, I was in Catholic school for a while, and then Lutheran school, which is basically the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a lot of the shame that came from it. We were told gay men are going to hell, mm-hmm. and you know they that yeah, they're not deserving of love. <laughs> right, right. But but at that age, it wasn't. You didn't have an understanding of it, right? Or no. it, it was just. We were looking at each other's private parts, but it wasn't, there was no, like, oh, no. you didn't understand the gay community, you probably <laughs> yeah. didn't even know what sex was, like, it, it was uh, just a, a innocent shame, I guess, Yeah. but but it was the seed of what was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, so so you said you were in private school throughout most of your, your life, mm-hmm. when did things start to change in terms of actually starting to understand what being gay was, and then realizing... Like, oh, wait, I'm not, aren't I supposed to like girls, but I'm not? You know, when did that start to happen? You know, I I think in in sixth grade is when I started realizing, wow, men are very attractive. Mm -hmm. And I hung out with a lot of girls who were really interested in Michael Phelps. And, Mm -hmm. like, we would (laughs) develop these obsessions. And, you know, I kind of went along with it, sort of. But it wasn't until high school when I was like, oh, wow, I'm gay. And Mm -hmm. I was with my first girlfriend, um... Actually, no, my third girlfriend. <laughs> Sorry, of six months. We were together for six months. And I realized she was trying to, you know, do things more than making out. And I yeah. was not really into it. <laughs> and I'm like, what's going on here? And ultimately, I realized, you know, I, I'm gay or bisexual at the time, mm-hmm. I thought. Um, so I just needed to figure out who I was. Mm-hmm. Where, what was your environment like growing up, you know, with the whole, I know the Catholic Church put a lot of, I guess, shame on you, and, and there's pressure to not be gay from that. So was your family pretty Catholic as well? Was your whole kind of uh, close environment like that? Yeah, okay. most of my environment was, was very religious. Okay. Yeah. And um, was being gay, like, was that wrong? It it wasn't really talked about. Um, it was one of those things that we didn't bring under the uh, above the surface. Mm-hmm. And I have had gay cousins, gay older cousins, who have come out, and you know, there's a lot of homophobia in the family, mm-hmm. and especially extended family. I have like 80 cousins, mm-hmm. um, like 40 <laughs> on each side. So I, I've come from a big family, so I've, I've seen their experience, which was much harder. You know, they kind of paved the way for me in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, I just went all the way. I was like, guys, I'm gay. And, you know, when I first came out, it took a learning curve for my parents. Mm. Um, they were scared for me, um, I think, spiritually. And like, mm. well, is he going to hell? Like, mm. what's going on there? And then physically, they're like, 
like for my physical safety. They didn't want me to be made fun of or like to be at risk of you know hate crimes or anything. Mm-hmm. So, um, and it, it came off as like shaming me, but I I realized now it was coming from a place of love. But right. <laughs> they just didn't understand. So there was, yeah. But we're really good now. Okay, good. What was what was their initial reaction? Was there any sort of backlash, or was it? Obviously, I know they were a little concerned, yeah. as a lot of parents are, just about because you know we do have a higher risk of of contracting, you know, STDs or specifically HIV. Um, but was there any? Did they like shame you at all in a yeah derogatory it, way or you know no not in a derogatory okay. way you know it was never intentional it was more like oh Nathan don't dance like that girls dance like that Nathan uh-huh. hang out with more guys why don't you hang out with more guys stop hanging out with the girls mm-hmm. and you know it just that's just who I was yeah and, you know I didn't take it as shame back then I didn't realize what it was I'm like but oh yeah it gets to you mm-hmm. over and over again when you're hearing that and you just can't be yourself because you've just been programmed to not dance like a girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, where did you come out to your friends first and then your family? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I came out to my best friend and with a little. I wrote it on a note and oh. handed it to her in English class, <laughs> and it said, "I'm by." <laughs> and she turned around and she's like, <gasps> "Like she just gasped." <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was great. Was it still Catholic school? No. So my in high school, I went to a charter school, a small okay. charter school. And how was your experience uh, as a bi man or gay man in that in that high school? It was pretty good, actually. Um, I think most of my friends were pretty progressive. Um, there might have been like talk around the school, but I never to my face. Um, you know, there was a couple comments here and there, like "Hey, gay boy" or things like that, mm-hmm. but um, nothing that I remember. I had just such a solid support system in my high school, so mm-hmm. nothing really bothered me. Good. So for the most part, it's fairly smooth. Your yeah. your coming out transition in high school. In high school. Yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> um, a weird part of my coming out process is after high school, I kind of went back into the closet. Oh. Okay. So I have I've had like two coming outs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. what? Talk to me about that. What led you, guess, going back in? Yeah. And why? So in high school, I just had these wonderful friends who were just like so supportive and, you know, everyone was almost by in my group. So mm-hmm. it was just, it was a normal thing. That. <laughs> it was great. And then when I got out of high school, you know, I think just the pressure of like being out in the real world and not having that support system for mm-hmm. me um, made me question things again. And uh, I think religious trauma had a big mm-hmm. thing to do with it. Like spiritually, you know, am I going to go to hell? Mm-hmm. If I continue down this path, or do I need to reconsider? And there was a girl at the time who I was really interested in. I tried to make things work, so I told everyone, "Oh yeah, I'm, I'm straight again. Mm-hmm. Just so you know, I'm oh. straight, and I love this girl. Yeah. And we're gonna, we're gonna get married, and we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna make this work." It didn't work out. No, it didn't. Clearly. <laughs> yeah. So it wasn't until I was 23 and had my first boyfriend that I was mm-hmm. like, "Guys, I'm gay." Mm-hmm. And I know I'm gay, this is my boyfriend, and I really started setting into who I was. Okay. So when you had this girlfriend again, did you have to, like, retract your coming out with your parents and, like, everyone else again? Was it this whole thing? where <laughs> I did. And it was not, like, so formally. Right. 
it was just like, oh yeah, by the way, this is, you know, the girl I like. And, yeah. And they're like, uh, weren't you just gay? Like, <laughs> so they were just confused through that whole process from 17 to 23. They okay. had no idea. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's funny. And, and was it, what do you think led you to that? Like, were you just like, do you just really like her as a person or was it, was there some sort of internalized homophobia or motive that like kind of made you like want to be that? Yeah, well, you know, I, th- I think it's both. You okay. know? I think she was a fantastic person and, mm-hmm. you know, she had some masculine tendencies that I was like, okay, you know, maybe. Right. <laughs> um, but, you know, at the root of it, it was definitely shame. It was shame from my social circles that I was in and and realizing, oh, I'm going to get made fun of for dressing flamboyantly. Like, there's a lot of hate, and I was scared of it. Mm. Um, not in my high school, but, like, out right. in the real world, it, it wasn't as safe. And and then spiritually, like, Spiritual when thing, yeah. connecting back to that first moment of shame in that Catholic church, like, mm-hmm. when you're hearing that over and over again for years about you going to hell, it's, you know, it would keep me up at night. Wow. Um, and I'd wake up in like night sweats, mm-hmm. thinking I need to I need to change. I can't be gay, mm-hmm. and so I tried so hard to make that work with this girl, mm-hmm. and it, it didn't. Like, right, <laughs> it just didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> did Did you pray the gay away or try to pray the gay away, and just ask God, you know, to make it different? You know, I don't know if I asked him to take it away from me, but I. I apologized constantly. Mm-hmm. I said, I'm sorry, like, I I can't help that. I don't know what to do. Like, please forgive me mm-hmm. for this. And it's just over and over again, just this mm-hmm. guilt, like this strong guilt that just, and it still lives with me today. You know, mm-hmm. it's something you, I have to constantly check. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then and, and so what happens when you come out for your second time where your, your parents are like, what are you doing, Nathan? Like, <laughs> You know, for a while they just stopped asking questions. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they they were just letting me figure it out, and um, yeah, they just stopped asking. Mm-hmm. And they're cool now. Oh yeah, yeah. Right now, you know, my mom and I we're best friends. Like I can talk to her about all the guys I'm seeing or mm-hmm. whatever. Not all the guys I'm seeing, you know, <laughs> but you know, if I'm seeing sure. someone, I can talk <laughs> yeah. to my mom about it, um, which is which is huge. And and it took a. A long time to get there it did yeah um, I think 13 years now when I since when I first mentioned it mm-hmm. to now it's been a process and every year we get closer and closer to understanding each other mm-hmm. me understanding her as a parent but then her understanding me as a gay person and mm-hmm. what we experience too what do you think what are some of the best ways that, that, that to do that how can someone like yourself get to understand their mom and their mom's point of view better and then vice versa how can what can moms do for for young gay kids to understand them yeah so you know I'll, I'll start with um, you know me as an individual sure. an LGBTQ person and and I think first and foremost you have to have some kind of support system mm-hmm. no matter what right if, if your parents aren't that support system you have to create one for yourself mm-hmm. um, and then from there when you have that love and support um, then you can learn to forgive um, your parents or whatever, and if that's something you want to do, you know, mm-hmm. it's always up to that individual. Yeah. Um, and try and see things from their perspective. So my parents, they grew up in Mexico, and like, you know, my dad grew up in a rural town in Mexico. My mom grew up in Tijuana, and it is just totally different vibes, like, or mm-hmm. ways of growing up, and yeah. very strict Catholic upbringing. 
So I had to understand that for them, this was like a huge paradigm shift from understanding that gay men are perverts and pedophiles and deserving of hell mm-hmm. to realizing, wait, my son's gay? Like, and it takes a while. So right. I had to develop some patience for them and and be willing to talk to them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I would just address things that hurt me. I'm like, hey, you know, when you say things like, don't do this, don't do that, you know, that's that's part of who I am mm-hmm. and part of my identity. So definitely having the courage to stick up for yourself mm-hmm. and how you feel and saying in a way that's I statements, you know, usually help like not you're homophobic, you know, you're hateful, you're mean. It's just like, hey, you know, I'm hurt. Yeah. Explaining ultimately. Yeah. yeah. And having that communication. And like I said, this was a 10 year process for my mom and I to become as close as we are. Yeah. And in, in the end, it was worth it for me because I, I do care about her and she cares mm-hmm. about me. Um, and then for parents, I think it's important to do research and mm-hmm. understand, um, you know, just be open to, to new information. Um, like I said, you know, when you're brought up in this world that tells you what a gay person is, mm-hmm. it's hard to undo that, that programming. Right. So educating yourself on, you know, statistics and, you know, what it means to be gay and and then talking to your kid, just have a relationship, yeah. you know, outside of gay and labels and all that, right? Mm-hmm. It's just, who is this kid? Who mm-hmm. is this person? And keeping that relationship. From there, I think as long as you have a steady relationship, all the other conversations, disagreements, you know, they'll, they'll figure themselves out. Right. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and great. So then, so then what, uh, I guess kind of walk me through just your post second coming out, you know, how did life begin to improve, you know, on it internally? Like what, what were you, what were you doing to, you know, get yourself into a better place? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was still challenging. Um, sure. my, that boyfriend that I had at the time, we were together for three and a half years mm. And there were still times when I'd wake up in the middle of the night and, you know, I'd turn to him and say, hey, I can't be with you. I have to be straight. I, I'm terrified that I'm going to go to hell. And so I had to dismantle that, that programming. Mm-hmm. So I did my yoga teacher training, mm-hmm. all these self-help journeys, right? And even after that, um, my life coaching journey has mm-hmm. helped me dismantle some of those uh, belief systems that I had. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, it's just... It's still it's something today that you're working oh, yeah. on. It's yeah. constant work. It's constant work. And it just comes up in different ways, and you don't even realize it. Um, the subconscious just has a funny way of, like, saying, hey, you still have an issue with this. Yeah. <laughs> don't yeah. forget. And <laughs> and I don't think you ever get rid of them completely, mm-hmm. but the more you learn about them, the more you recognize it, and you're able to not let it control you sure. and the decisions you make. So recognizing it is definitely one of the first and easiest steps, not easiest, but the f- most efficient ways of getting rid of it or yes, acknowledging absolutely. it? absolutely. Okay. Yeah, recognizing those patterns, where they come from, mm-hmm. and how they're, I guess, um, showing themselves in your life. Mm. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, and how how are you with religion now? Are, do you, are you still practicing Catholicism? Um, no, no? <laughs> okay. definitely not. Um, but... I and within the last two years, mm-hmm. I have stopped hating God and the idea of God mm-hmm. and the idea of religion. And it took meeting Christians and who were very just progressive and had so much love, and they showed me what it meant to be a Christian. Mm-hmm. And 
I wouldn't necessarily say I'm Christian, sure. but it helped me respect where relig- that religion has a place in society. Right. And it doesn't have to just mean you hate gay people. Right? Yeah. Um, for some people, it helps them be a better person. It mm-hmm. gives them comfort spiritually, and you know that's great. Um, yeah. And for me, I think I have my own relationship with God. I'm kind of based off Buddhism, all kinds of religions, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just, you know, try not to have a specific dogma. Sure. Yeah. And that's that's a big thing because a lot of the, a lot of the staple homophobia is stems from Christians or what people call Christians mm-hmm. who cite like Leviticus verses and things like that. Yeah. Um, which, which is interesting, interesting because that's not at all what Jesus taught. Uh, but meeting progressive Christians must have been just a wonderful thing to be able to see this whole other side. It didn't make sense. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, like, uh, there's a specific friend. Uh, her name is Anna. I mm-hmm. love her very, very much. And when, you know, I met her, we met in environmental studies program, mm-hmm. and you know, she's just very progressive about climate change, about LGBTQ rights. And so when I saw her on her Facebook saying, praise Jesus, I was like, what? <laughs> what? This can't be. <laughs> Is this satire? <laughs> and I had to, like, you know, dismantle what, what, it, what I thought in my head it meant to be a Christian person. And, right. And she was just so open, like, to this day. Like, I, you know, she changed my life. Mm-hmm. She really did. Yeah. What, what do you think, um, how do you think Christians get there? From citing Leviticus and saying gays go to hell to being this progressive Christian, obviously you can't speak, you know, for for them. You're not in their shoes. But what do you think? What's their mindset like? How do they? How are they different? How are these progressive Christians different than these other ones? You know, I it, yeah, like you said, it's hard to speak for, for right. a Christian person. But I think from my perspective and my dismantling of that idea is that you have to recognize who wrote the these scriptures right it's mm-hmm. men men wrote these mm-hmm. and they say inspired by God which is all fine and great but men wrote it and then men translated it many times from different languages mm-hmm. and the word homosexual in Hebrew doesn't even or sorry the word that they translated to homosexual didn't actually mean homosexual right. so it's recognizing that there's a lot of gray area in what the scripture actually says mm-hmm. so many different ways to interpret it and everyone decides for themselves. Even in one Catholic church, some, uh, you have a priest giving a, a sermon. Every single person's gonna have a different way of interpreting that. Mm. And if they have to send that message to someone else, like, you know, it, right. same, it's like telephone. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's just recognizing that you can take whatever you want from the, the scripture and the Bible. And for me, it's a message of love and, mm. and acceptance and not judging people, loving your neighbor, feeding the poor, clothing yeah. the homeless. Yeah. <laughs> That's beautiful. And and the Pope actually, I know, as re, like a few years ago, came out in favor of the LGBT community or supporting the yeah, community. Yeah, I, I think they're they're trying to find a place for LGBTQ people, which mm-hmm. is a huge step. And I don't think they're quite like ready to have gay weddings. Yeah. Yet, but um, just recognizing that the hatefulness is not doing anything mm-hmm. for the LGBTQ community. And it's actually isolating people from religion. Mm-hmm. Because I think I saw a study where religion, at least on the US, is on decline for young people and steadily declining mm-hmm. you know, since the 60s or whenever they started tracking it. Yeah. Uh, and so they, they're realizing that they have to adapt as well. Yeah. Um, 
which is great, I guess, because I think people should be able to be Christian and they should be able to be gay. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> what a concept. Right. Letting people be people. <laughs> yeah, it's n- novel, right? <laughs> uh, do you have any any advice for anyone that is struggling with the things that you struggled with, the internalized shame of of being gay? What what would you tell someone who is maybe or your younger self? What would you tell that person today? Yeah, I would tell them that you're okay. Mm-hmm. You're a human being. Uh, you're allowed to exist, and you're allowed to be here and show up in the way you want to be here. Yeah. And I think what I would tell everybody out there is if you're struggling with shame and, and, and discovering your worth and your value is to just practice some awareness. Mm-hmm. What are you telling yourself in your head? Like mm-hmm. We talk to ourselves the most out of anybody. Right. And so we're telling ourselves a story every day. And sometimes that story sounds like, oh, I'm being too gay. Um, nobody loves me. Everybody hates me. I'm going to hell. And watch those thoughts. Because okay. those thoughts will affect how you show up in the world. And if you have better thoughts, maybe they're neutral thoughts. I'm a human. I'm a. I deserve to be here. Yeah. I, I exist, right? It doesn't <laughs> have to be like I love myself, right? It doesn't have to be that just yet. But just neutral thoughts instead of the the negative thoughts mm. will help you show up more confidently. I love that. In neutral thoughts. That's something I haven't thought about. But yeah. If if you're not there yet on the positive. Being able to be super positive, at least be neutral. Yeah, it's kind of a problem with affirmations, right? You yeah. Know, it's like look in the mirror and tell yourself you're beautiful. But what happens is like you look in the mirror and you're like, I'm beautiful. And then there's the thought afterwards that says, No, you're not, you ugly piece of shit. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, so or unless start... you believe it, you know, it doesn't work. Yeah. So if you believe a neutral thought, you know, that helps you at least stay away from the negative ones. Love that. Yeah. Um, where can people find you? Instagram. Yeah, um, find me on Queer Conscious on Instagram. And if you want to go to my website, queerconscious.com, and just find out more about what I do um, for coaching. And yeah. Perfect. <laughs> well, thank you, Nathan, for, for being here and sharing your story. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thank you all for tuning in. You guys are amazing. I really appreciate you all listening and for your support. As a reminder, you can find us at www.thealphabetmafia.com. If you want to be featured on the blog, go ahead and email us at podcast at thealphabetmafia.com. Remember, you are not alone for anyone out there that is struggling, that doesn't feel like anyone cares, that might feel alone. Remember, you are not alone. You are the hero. You are loved. You are valid. And if you are in need of serious help, please, please, please check out thetrevorproject.org or give them a call at 1-866-488-7386. Again, remember, you are loved, and I want you to know that no matter what. Thank you all for tuning in the show. Have a beautiful morning, evening, whatever it is. Good night.